I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy beautiful town. Hello, and welcome to Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm your host, Abby, and it's just me today. Really, it's just me for a whole hour. Aren't you all so excited that you get to be blessed by my beautiful voice for an entire hour? Kidding, but also not kidding. Jess and I know that we said that we originally set out to be a bi-weekly podcast until maybe about after celebration. And, well, we kind of got excited (laughs) and have been trying to make this a weekly thing. Um, Part of that is because we love podcasting, and I think we really enjoy podcasting with each other. And also because of the huge outpour of support from all of y'all, all of y'all listeners, even before we posted our first episode, um, which was really, really cool. And then it's just encouraged us more to make more episodes um, for y'all. But even though we are very excited and want to make this a weekly thing, we are also busy bees. We're busy gals. Um, And this week, we just didn't have time to be able to record a brand new episode. However, we didn't want to leave y'all empty-handed. So we thought that it would be a cool idea if we reposted my old one-off podcast episode that I recorded a little over a year ago. Jesus Christ. This was the podcast that we talked a little bit about in our first episode, and it is one where I sit down and talk for like a whole 50 minutes just by myself about my feelings about Luke Skywalker and The Last Jedi. But apparently it took me three months to formulate my opinions, and I decided that they had to be in uh, a podcast form, because I have a constant crave for validation, and it will never be silenced. So I recorded this a little over a year ago, and all my opinions still stand true. So uh, I thought it would be another way to kind of get to know me, Abby, and all of my thoughts and feelings about Luke both throughout the original trilogy, but also within The Last Jedi, and also my feelings about things like um, choices and forgiveness. So I get a little deep. I try to be a little funny. Um, but most of all, I'm, I try to be a little real. And uh, in the same vein as being real, since I did record this about a year ago, Um, I had no official plans to go within the podcasting world, so I recorded this episode with, like, the world's shittiest mic that I bought off of Amazon. (laughs) So the sound quality in this is just terrible. (laughs) I don't think it makes it, like, unlistenable, but I'm just saying expect to hear a large drop in quality from this intro to the actual podcast but either way I think it's still I feel weird like boosting myself up but I think it's I think it's a good episode it's worth your time worth your energy so without further ado please enjoy my little one-off podcast episode on Luke Skywalker and the power of choice what am I doing I don't know how to make a podcast. 
I don't even know how to correctly do a podcast. I don't have the equipment for a podcast. I don't even have plans to have a full-fledged podcast. Just, just this one idea that I couldn't get out of my head. And every time I tried to tell myself that this was a dumb idea, there was a small voice in the back of my head that said, Do it. You know you want to. I could have just written some blog post that sounds easier. I know it's probably not, but it sounds easier. But for some reason, my dumb brain said that my actual voice would be better. Thank you, dumb brain, for making me make a podcast that, well, this is all I got. Just this one episode. I mean, everyone and their mother has a podcast. And everyone and their mother's mother has a Star Wars podcast. No one needs a new one. No one wants a new one. And yet, here I am. Making one with no plans. Possibly no future. But this one thing that I feel like I just have to talk about. Everyone's already talked about it enough. We're kind of past the point of talking about it, and I'm almost sure that people are sick of hearing about it, but my constant crave for validation cannot be silenced. And so here I am, making a one-off podcast episode, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, but feeling like I need to do it anyway. I feel like I should introduce myself. That's... That's what you do on your first podcast episode, right? My name is Abby. I'm 22. I'm a grad student getting my master's in social work. And I am obsessed with Star Wars. If you're like, okay, great, but who the hell are you? I understand. Not really anyone within the fandom. I've never really written anything aside from a few Twitter threads. I'm not an artist, can't draw to save my life. I play Battlefront, but I don't stream it because I suck. I don't know what the first step of cosplaying is, though if anyone wants to show me, I am so down. And I've clearly never made a podcast before. I've made a few gift sets on Tumblr that have gotten a decent amount of notes, which feeds my ever-pressing need for attention, but that's about it. I'm kind of like the Jakku of fandom. I'm no one from nowhere. At this point, you're probably thinking, all right, no one from nowhere, get to the point. Okay, here it goes. I love Luke Skywalker. There, that's my point. Thank you all for coming. Be sure to leave a review. I will never see you all again. I'm kidding. But really, I love Luke Skywalker. And I've never made it a secret that he is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. One of my favorite characters of all time, actually. I talk about him a lot. Especially on Twitter. I mentioned that I, like everyone else, have made a Twitter thread here and there. And I think like nine times out of ten, they're about Luke Skywalker. In fact, my pin tweet is a thread about Luke and how much I love him. That Mark Hamill himself has liked, might I add? There's that validation rearing its ugly head again, but that's kind of my thing. I'm the person who cries about Luke Skywalker on social media. A little too much. 
So it really came as no surprise to me that after seeing The Last Jedi and inviting people to slide on into my DMs to talk about it, the number one thing I got asked was, how do you feel about Luke now? I think people were expecting me to feel angry or betrayed. I know that's how a lot of people were feeling about the whole Luke situation. That's how a lot of people are still feeling, and we're three months post-Last Jedi. And in the sake of being honest with you, because I feel like at this point, if you're still listening, we're friends now. No takesies-backsies. So since we're friends, I'll be honest. I felt that sense of betrayal too, walking out of the theater the first time I saw The Last Jedi. I felt this sinking feeling in my stomach as I thought, What have you done to my boy? My precious, precious boy! This, mixed with other, well, mixed feelings about The Last Jedi, led me to seek solace on Tumblr. And, uh, that was a bad idea. You know that scene in that one episode of Community where Donald Glover's character Troy comes back from getting pizza and someone's been shot and everything's on fire? That was logging onto Tumblr on December 14th, 2017. It was chaos. I want to make it perfectly clear that The Last Jedi was not my favorite Star Wars movie. I didn't need it to be, nor was I really looking for it to be. It would take a lot to pry Return of the Jedi from my cold, dead hands. But I have criticisms of The Last Jedi that I have thought critically about and feel that they're valid. And that's how I view most of my Tumblr friends' opinions about it, too. The things they were upset with, the things they said should have been better, weren't reactionary, knee-jerk, it-wasn't-what-I-wanted-so-it-sucked kind of things. They were genuine, valid concerns and criticisms largely centered around the treatment of some of the characters, particularly characters of color. And I agree with a lot of what they've said. Just not to the extent of believing Star Wars is ruined forever, but if that's how they feel, that's how they feel. They're entitled to that. But a lot of the things I saw that night felt straight out of Beauty and the Beast, where Gaston has gathered all the townspeople and they're singing and marching with pitchforks. Only this was a handful of URLs and chants of Ryan Johnson retire, bitch. And the more I read, the more I got angry. At first I thought it was because I felt the same way, but I realized as I was scrolling, the reason I was angry was because I disagreed with a lot of the things people took issue with. But I was feeling myself succumbing to the mob mentality. I think if I didn't close my computer when I did, I would have had a hard time deciding my opinions for myself. So I took some time to process the movie. I didn't reopen Tumblr. And I didn't see the film again for another couple of days. And boy, am I glad I did that. It allowed me to soak in everything and to just sit with my thoughts and work them out. I highly encourage you for the next Star Wars movie to, well, maybe not for Solo. I don't know, something about it just tells me that that's not going to be a movie we have to process a lot of, but who knows, maybe it is. I don't know. But at least for nine. I highly encourage you to see the movie once, and then wait. I know that's not a possibility for everyone, since some people's work revolves around getting the best content out about the film as soon as they can. But 
if you have the opportunity, do it. I think it enriched my overall experience because I didn't allow myself to be reactionary. But to each their own. Take my advice, don't, you do you. In that time of self-reflection, the number one issue I kept coming back to was Luke. I've spent a better part of a number of years dedicating the majority of my fandom experience to him. Well, and Leia. And Ahsoka. Luke, Leia, Ahsoka. Pretty much my Star Wars experience in a nutshell. But I knew a lot of people were upset about his characterization in The Last Jedi. But I just couldn't get myself to agree with what they were saying. I didn't feel that Luke was this totally different person, or that he'd been taken away from me in some way. But it was really hard to form that into clear, coherent thoughts. Until one morning, I woke up. And the first thought I had was, everything I have ever said about Luke Skywalker still holds true for me. A lot of my threads about Luke center on how kind, loving, compassionate, and forgiving he is. And I think when people asked what I thought of Luke now, it was expected that I would say I was wrong because of some of his actions in the film. But I don't feel that way. At all. And it's not just because I have a hard time admitting when I'm wrong, which I certainly do. I just genuinely don't feel that way. Do I think Luke has changed? Yeah, everyone does. If you don't think you'll change at all in the next 30 years, you're crazy. But I don't believe that his core values have budged. The things that make him him haven't been erased. Here's why. Let's start off with the big whammy. The number one thing that left a bad taste in people's mouths and that is Luke Skywalker's confrontation with Ben Solo. And I'm not talking about the one at the end of the movie. I'm talking about the one that we get three separate times. Three separate truths. The first time we see is, well, the truth that Luke would like to believe. One of a concerned master and uncle checking in on the well-being of his Padawan and nephew and being turned on. Seemingly out of nowhere. The second truth we see is Kylo Ren's truth, and I want to make it perfectly clear, I hate Kylo Ren. I think he's a great villain, but I'm not one of those people who can find sympathy for him or empathize with him. I just... ugh. That's not to say people who can are bad people or anything. Each character speaks to people differently. And the way Kylo Ren speaks to me is, well, I wish he didn't speak at all. But when we see Kylo Ren's truth, it's accurate from his point of view. I mean, imagine if you were in Ben Solo's shoes at that point. You don't get the benefit of hearing Luke's thought process as this is happening. All you do is wake up, turn over, and your master and uncle has pulled his lightsaber on you. 
I don't think Luke looks as crazed as he did in Kylo Ren's truth, but to Kylo Ren, that was probably exactly how he remembers Luke Skywalker. And that's valid. It is the one thing I will give Kylo Ren, aside from a swift punch in the nose. The third time we see this scene is probably the real truth. And that is when Luke tells Rey what actually happened that night. And in this, there is no crazed master. Nor is there just the concerned uncle. It's a combination of fear and care for well-being in Luke. And I think a lot of questions get raised in this scene. But the three that I kept coming back to were, Can you defend what Luke did? Can you understand why he did it? Does it ruin his character? This time we get the benefit of knowing what's going on in Luke's head because he's narrating it for us. And we come to understand that when he reaches into Ben Solo's mind, he sees that the darkness within him was deeper than he thought it was. And that terrifies him. And there's a line that Luke says that I couldn't quite catch the first time because he's talking so fast. But I definitely caught it the second and third time around. It's something along the lines of, he threatened everything that I love. Now that is Luke Skywalker to a T. Luke Skywalker is an incredibly kind and compassionate individual, except when you mess with his friends. He's kind of like the epitome of, do whatever you want to me, but the second you lay a finger on my friends, shit's gonna go down. And we see this side of him multiple times in the original trilogy. While on Dagobah, training with Yoda, Luke has the vision of Han, Leia, and Chewie in trouble on Bespin. And we know, because we've seen Empire Strikes Back a million times, that this is a trap. Set by Vader, for Luke, so he can freeze him in carbonite for some weird father-son bonding time. But Luke doesn't know this. In his mind, his friends are in trouble and he needs to do something about it. So he drops everything he's doing, including the rock he's lifting with his mind, and is like, I gotta go. My friends need me. And Yoda's like, how about no? And Luke's like, no, I'm gonna do it anyway. And then Obi-Wan appears and is like, hello there, don't do this. And Luke's like, mm, no, I'm gonna do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. And he leaves. And falls into the trap we know is waiting for him. I think, for the most part, when we watch this scene, we're thinking, don't do this, they're right. Because we have that benefit of hindsight. But if you watch the movie and think of it from Luke's perspective, your reaction would probably be more like, No! Fuck you, Yoda! My friends are in trouble and I'm gonna save them, and you're a dick for telling me that I should just let them die because it's the will of the Force. Screw you, ugly trash goblin! I mean, that's my reaction to Yoda more often than not, but that's also probably because I have issues with authority and authority figures telling me what to do, and in that, I am entirely Leia. But that's besides the point. We see this again in Return of the Jedi with everything that involves Han's rescue. Like, none of it is a good idea, yet somehow it works, and Luke helps save Han because Han was in trouble. And again, during their descent to Endor, when he realizes Vader is waiting for him, and that he's endangering the mission, shouldn't have come, and hands himself over to Vader because he believes it will save his friends. 
the most pivotal time we see this is during Luke's final fight with Vader. You know that moment when he's trying to collect himself? And there's that beautiful lighting effect where half of his face is bathed in red and the other half in blue. And you see the visual representation of the thought that's been going on in your head the moment Luke walked on screen in Return of the Jedi. Is Luke going to turn? And for the slightest of moments, Luke drops his mental shields and reveals that he has a twin sister. And Vader picks up on this and says, If you won't turn, perhaps she will. And Luke goes off. This entire time during the fight, he's been on the defensive, but now Luke is on the offensive. He beats at Vader. He's angry. He's snarling. This is a primitive kind of Luke we have never seen before. But Vader threatened Leia, so he has to go. And that's when Luke cuts off Vader's hand. And then looks at his own. And realizes what he's done. People have anger and fear in them. They're natural human emotions, and Luke is no exception. And in that moment, Luke gives in to the anger and fear within him. But he's able to pause, reflect, and say, This is not who I am. In the most beautiful moment of cinematic history, where he throws away the weapon that is his life, turns to the Emperor, looks the physical embodiment of fear and anger in the face, and says, You have failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. And it's incredible. It gives me chills every single time. But that, that is Luke Skywalker. That pause, that realization that I shouldn't be doing this because I am a Jedi like my father before me. That is who Luke Skywalker is. He has that same kind of moment in his confrontation with Ben Solo. For the slightest of moments, he gives in to the anger and fear, those things that we all have within us, but realizes this is not who I am because I am a Jedi, like my father before me, and this is my nephew, my sister's beloved son, and I cannot hurt him. And he turns his lightsaber off. Only this time, it's too late. Like I said before, Ben's reaction to that is fair. Him defending himself is fair. What's not fair is killing any student who will not join him, destroying the Jedi Temple, joining a fascist organization, and becoming one of its leaders. That's not cool. At all. Ever. No matter what the circumstance. So I come back to those three questions. Can you defend what Luke Skywalker did? No, I can't. Because it wasn't right. But can you understand why he did it? Yes. And there's other examples of him doing pretty much the same thing to back that up. 
does it ruin his character? No. Because Luke's defining characteristic isn't that he lives without anger or fear. It's that he sometimes, like any other human, will act on it. But he'll never let it take over him. It will never be who he is. Who he is is a Jedi, like his father before him. There's a lot of small things about Luke's character in The Last Jedi that I could get into. Like, he's just too grumpy. And I mean, if all that happened to you, wouldn't you be kind of grumpy too? Imagine being someone who's been labeled as the greatest hero of all time, the legendary Luke Skywalker, and feeling like you failed the galaxy at large. Feeling like you failed your best friend and brother-in-law. Feeling like you failed your best friend and brother-in-law's best friend. Feeling like you failed your sister. Could you imagine <laughs> feeling like you failed Leia Organa? Man, if I ever felt like I failed her, I'd run off to some secluded island and cut myself off from everything too. Because at that point, I ain't worthy. Luke even feels like he's failed R2 and 3PO, his droids. I think the one character that would break my heart the most if they told me, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, would be R2-D2. I couldn't live with the shame of feeling like I've disappointed the droid that has looked after my family since my mother was a child. If you want me to be honest, something I wish we did get with Luke in The Last Jedi is a better relationship with Rey. I wish we got more of how they could connect to the similar experience of being from some backwater planet and suddenly being called to something much greater than yourself. But there are plenty of other nitpicky things I could get into. Like people feeling like Luke didn't act as a Jedi should, and I am the wrong person to talk to that about, because though I adore the Jedi individually, I believe as a group they are rather stupid. <laughs> but I don't feel like it's worth my time or yours. Because in those situations, people are just gonna bitch just to bitch. What I feel is far more important, and worth your time and mine, is what I'm going to talk about next. So a bit of a segue story here. I am in the midst of what I call the reclamation of my love for Star Wars. Have been for about five or six years now. It's an ongoing process. One that's probably never going to end. Because I'm constantly redefining for myself what it means to be a Star Wars fan. Right now I guess I was making a podcast, I don't know. But long story short, the reason I started going on this journey of reclaiming my love for Star Wars is because when I was 10, and in my post-Revenge of the Sith High, which had just come out, I got told by a classmate that I was annoying for talking about Star Wars. And that it wasn't for me anyway, because I'm a girl. Me now! <laughs> 
is able to say, fuck that guy. But 10-year-old me was impressionable and placed a lot of values on what my peers thought of me. So I went through a long period of my life where I just pretended like I didn't care about Star Wars or anything nerdy for that matter. Stopped playing it with my friends, didn't talk about it, didn't watch it. Sometime around the Disney acquisition, I was fed up with it. I was like, fuck this. Star Wars makes me happy. Being a nerd makes me happy. And I'm going to do what makes me happy, which is loudly and proudly love Star Wars. So when I was in the middle of all this, I was also going through some other life shit, as you do. I had just graduated high school. I was becoming a freshman in college. And I was so fucking depressed. (laughs) I was really angry at this point in my life. And I was taking a lot of things out on other people. And I remember thinking, man, life would be so much easier if I could just learn to forgive. And so I think that's why I clung on to Luke Skywalker during that moment in my life, because I so sorely needed him. He showed me the strength in forgiveness, because man, oh man, was I a person who held grudges. And Luke had every right and every reason to hold a grudge against Darth Vader and doesn't. Luke tells Vader that there's still good in him, that he can see that, that despite everything he has done, Luke still feels that he can turn to the light. There's immense strength in forgiving someone like that. So I took hold of that, because that's what I needed at that time. If Luke Skywalker could let go of his hate and anger that he so rightfully had against Darth Vader, couldn't I do the same thing? Couldn't I be strong like Luke and forgive? And I did. And that's kind of how I started another pivotal journey in my life. And that was my journey in learning how to forgive people. So don't ever tell me that fiction doesn't influence reality, because damn, that helped me through some tough times. So also during this time, and I promise I'll get to how this all relates to Luke and The Last Jedi, just... Just bear with me. I started getting back into fan fiction. And if you're not reading fan fiction, what are you doing with your life? I was reading a lot of fan fiction at this time, still am, and I was really gravitating towards Dad Vader type of fics. You know, the ones where, for whatever reason, Luke and Vader end up in a situation where they're both forced to learn more about the other person. Vader tells Luke about Padme, Luke learns about the kind of person Anakin was before the suit, Vader gravitates towards the call to the light, and you get tons of wonderful father-son bonding moments in between. Made me feel all the feels. All the warm fuzzies. And these dealt a lot with forgiveness, because it's the basis of Luke and Vader's relationship. But then I started wondering what kind of relationship Leia could have had with Vader, Had he survived Return of the Jedi, or they were forced to learn about the nature of their relationship at some other point in the original trilogy. And at that time, I was in the business of forgiving everyone, no matter their wrongs. So why couldn't Leia forgive Darth Vader the way Luke had? After a while, I started to think critically about it. Leia had every reason to not forgive Darth Vader too. This man who 
turned out to be her father tortured her for information, forced her to watch the destruction of her planet, stalked her for years, tortured her boyfriend, froze him in carbonite, cut off her brother's hand, continued to stalk her and her family for years. I can't blame her for not wanting to forgive him. But in my mind, there was strength in forgiveness. So did that mean Leia was weak for not finding it in her to forgive this horrible person? I will be cold in the ground before I ever say that Princess General Leia Organa is weak. But that's when I realized that there is a whole other side of forgiveness the ability to withhold it. And withholding forgiveness doesn't make you a mean or bad person. People move on from things differently. Luke needed to forgive Vader in order to move on with his life, and that was empowering for him. Leia chose not to, and to move on with her life differently, and there's empowerment in that too. Their journey in healing is different from one another, but equally valid. The strength in forgiveness doesn't come from forgiving or not forgiving. The strength in forgiveness lies in the choice. The ability to choose whether you say, I forgive you, or I don't. Some people don't deserve our forgiveness even if they're sorry, especially if they're not. And it doesn't make you weak for not choosing to be the better person or whatever bullshit people will tell you when you say that you don't want to forgive someone. There are some people who will abuse our kindness. And it's okay to not forgive someone when they take advantage of us. That's exactly what Luke has to learn in The Last Jedi. That it's okay to not forgive someone. That it doesn't make him a terrible person. That even he, the great Luke Skywalker, who was able to find it in him to forgive Darth Vader, can still choose to withhold forgiveness. I'm willing to bet Luke sat on his island and thought about how he forgave his father every day. And that he only thought about it more when Ray showed up and reminded him of it. I'm willing to bet he sat there every day in doubt telling himself that he should be able to find it within him to forgive Kylo Ren too. But other people have. Han Solo forgave his son, and he lost his life for it. Rey tries to do it too by the end of the film, and he takes advantage of her kindness and forgiveness too. So when Luke appears on Crate and Kylo taunts him with, are you here to forgive me, to save my soul? Because he knows that Luke has been sitting with the guilt of being able to save his father's soul, but not his nephew's for years now. Luke says, no. He says, I'm not here to forgive you. I'm sorry for what I have done. I'm sorry that I failed you but I do not forgive you for the pain you have caused. Because you have proven to me that you don't deserve it. The strength in forgiveness lies in the choice. When I saw people upset with Luke not forgiving Kylo Ren, I got angry. 
Luke does not lose the value of his character because he chooses not to forgive. He can still be a forgiving person while valuing his own emotional labor and make a decision to withhold forgiveness. And if Luke Skywalker, the man who could forgive Darth Vader, chooses not to forgive someone, I'm more inclined to follow in suit. If you're a person who believes Kylo Ren is worthy of forgiveness, that's fine. And if you, like me, believe that he's not, that's fine too. The strength in forgiveness lies in the choice. But the most important lesson in forgiveness that Luke has to learn in The Last Jedi is how to forgive himself. It's a pretty common thing in people who are easily and readily available to see the goodness in others and forgive them their trespasses to not be able to do that for themselves. I certainly can't do this. Ever. <laughs> and it's clearly something that Luke struggles with throughout The Last Jedi too. He isolates himself from everything and everyone he's ever loved because he can't forgive himself for his perceived failure. It's not until his conversation with Yoda, and as a reminder, in this house we hate and disrespect Yoda, but it's not until his conversation with Yoda that he's able to realize that failure is a part of learning and growing, that it's okay to fail. And as much as I hate that swamp monster, he makes a damn good point. Failure, most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. And that, above all, is the most important thing Luke Skywalker learns in The Last Jedi. If Luke Skywalker can forgive Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker can forgive Luke Skywalker. Like I said earlier, there's so much more I could get into with people's grievances over Luke's character and arc. Like the other day I saw someone say his death wasn't poetic because the binary sons he watches in his final moments weren't Tatooine sons and therefore it's all meaningless. I... yeah. The internet is fun. Speaking of Luke's death, show of hands, who was utterly heartbroken by it? Well, you can put your hands down because I can't see them anyway, but imagine, if you will, that I'm sitting there with you and my hand is raised too, as high as I can raise it. Crazy as this sounds, considering how many things I'm into, but I've never had to watch a number one favorite character of mine die on screen before. And uh, to have my first be Luke Skywalker was rough. I'll never forget the look on my dad's face when he watched Han Solo die in The Force Awakens. I had never seen my dad have that visceral of a reaction to a movie ever, <laughs> especially in a theater full of other people. He looked, well, he looked like someone had stabbed him in the chest with a lightsaber. I was too busy drowning in my own tears <laughs> to glance over to see his reaction to Luke's death in The Last Jedi. It wasn't until the car ride home, when I asked him what he thought of the film overall, that he said, Luke's death was good. It was good? I said. He's your favorite character, and mine, and we just watched him die. I know, he said. 
but it was good. Symbolic. Symbolic of what? I asked. Everything about him. You're entitled to whatever opinion you want, but I just don't understand how you can say Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi wasn't Luke Skywalker when he went out exactly the way he lived. He sacrifices himself so that his sister, Leia, could live. So that Rey could live. So that Poe, Finn, Rose, and the handful of Resistance members who he's never even met before could live to fight another day. It's exactly what he intended to do and did in Return of the Jedi. This time he throws in a bit of awesome force mysticism to top it all off. But the best part of all of that is, is that even though he uses his strength in the force this time around, that's not why he wins. It's not the force that gives him the upper hand. The resistance has already found their way to Rey by the time it's revealed that he's not actually on crate. It's his act of selflessness that saves the day. His act of nonviolence. Turning off his lightsaber yet again and saying, No. Strike me down in anger and I will always be with you. It's his act of protecting the ones he loves, not fighting what he hates peace and purpose. If that's not Luke Skywalker, I... I don't know what is. Listen, I can guarantee you that there are better think pieces and podcasts out there about Luke and The Last Jedi. So, if you've made it this far, you have my eternal gratitude and friendship. At the end of all of this, I just felt like I had something to say. Something I felt was important to contribute. And even though we are now three months post-Last Jedi, I felt this was something I had to do especially with the DVD release imminent and the promise of continued discourse on the horizon. Part of all of this is probably because I felt the need to defend one of my favorite characters of all time. And the other part of it is probably because I see a lot of myself in Luke. And I care a lot about him. It's kind of dumb, caring so much about a fictional character, but I think this just speaks to the power of fiction. How stories like Luke's can show that even if we do a bad thing, it doesn't make us bad people. That forgiveness, whether you choose to forgive someone or not, is powerful. That forgiving ourselves is even more so. And these are lessons that carry over into The Last Jedi and, in my opinion, add to Luke's character. Not destroy it. I love Luke Skywalker. You can put that on my grave.
So here we are, at the end of my one good idea. I only get one every once in a blue moon, so you're welcome for wasting my one good idea on this. <laughs> I'm glad I did this. It was... it was good. I hope that maybe this was as cathartic for you as it was for me. And that maybe you got something out of this. Maybe a new lesson to take away. Or some new thoughts about Luke and The Last Jedi. Or that I'm the most interesting person you've ever listened to. I know that's not the case. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thanks again if you made it to the end. Maybe... Maybe this could be something. Or maybe it ends here. Who knows? All is as the Force wills it. If you'd like to berate me with your thoughts, you can find me on Twitter. Because it wouldn't be a podcast without a social media plug. You can find me on Twitter at Abby Gleason. A-B-B-Y-G-L-E-A-S-O-N. I'm always down to talk about Star Wars and tell you how shitty your opinions are. <laughs> I'm also on Tumblr, still, surprisingly, at lea-regina.tumblr.com. Thank you again for listening to the Star Wars podcast no one asked for. And may the Force... Well, you know how it goes. See you around, kids. How was it? Was it good? Did you like it? Please, I need to know. I'm like Tinkerbell. I need applause to live. I'm kidding, but like also not really. So if you want to let me know what you thought of it, or you want to let us know what you think of Lousy Beautiful Town as a whole, you can find us on Twitter at LBTPod, or you can email us at LousyBeautifulTownPod at gmail.com. You can find me personally on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia, and you can find Jess at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and I've promised people that if you leave us a five-star review, I'll read your review on an episode so you get to feel cool and get a little bit of Tinkerbell applause too, because we can all use some. Everybody needs a little bit of love and validation now and again. <laughs> All right, enough of me. I'm sure you've had it of hearing my dumb voice for so long. So with that, see you around, kids. <laughs>